today, uh, we are going to uh, focus on stress and anger. Okay, now the word distress simply means prolonged, extreme pain, sorrow or anxiety. First Peter chapter 1 verse 18 or verse 13 is the kind of the girding verse, the verse that just guide all of us. Uh, and I like it because it says, Therefore gird up the loins of your mind. Why is that so? Because our mind, one of the Greek words simply means the most trodden path, which is a path that we like to tread upon. Our mind has the capacity to lead us in a certain direction, uh, which is why we consistently say you uh, you sow a thought, eventually you reap a destiny. Why is that so? Because that's the capacity of our mind. Mind is a composition of our soul and the mind can lead our soul uh, towards being overwhelmed, uh, towards uh, feeling defeated, towards feeling victimized or towards feeling like giving up. Uh, so this entire pandemic has revealed that mental stress. So this verse tells us that do not allow your mind to take you on any other route besides the route that God is with you. So, so Peter, who wrote this actually, uh, most probably in prison, and uh, sooner or later, he's going to be crucified and die a horrible death. Uh, but he wrote this, he says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober, just wake yourself up and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He helps us, every one of us, to turn away from our external circumstances, from our external challenges, and learn to rest fully upon Jesus Christ. And that is exactly what Peter wants the church then to know. And this is what we want today's church to know, that even in this pandemic season, uh, we can be full of hope, we can be full of God, we can be full of grace, and we can be full of mercy. At the same time, we can be full of the things things that God wants to do in our life. Alright, so in this season or in this series, we try to cover four areas. Uh, number one, isolation, loneliness. And uh, we talked about that two weekends ago. And uh, I know that it is a new muscle for some of us. Uh, right after the message, I received at least two to three texts and uh, some people say, Pastor, I, I like community, but I'm actually a very private person. How do I jumpstart a community? And I encourage the people, you jumpstart a community in a private way, but you let it be known. So you go to a group and say, you know what, I'm actually a very private person, uh, but I like to get to know some friends, you know, and uh, so uh, I'll be a bit vulnerable. Uh, but please embrace me. You know, whenever you are open as such, it immediately helps everybody to come alongside of you, uh, to cheer you on one. So whether you are a kind of a alone kind of a person, uh, whether you are in a state of loneliness, I want to encourage you, explore community. Alright, now second, uh, the second thing we try to wrestle with is the thought about anxiety or worry. And Pastor Sean, last weekend, did a fantastic job helping us to put some handles. And the, some of the handles are, he wants us to be able to think right. Because when you start to think right, and not to think wrong, you will not end up in a path that leads you to further uh, degradation, that leads you to further pain. Uh, so think right is very important. And then, uh, you know, our kind of English, right? Thank right, okay? Which is wanting us to be grateful and full of gratitude because something about a heart that is full of gratitude always bring a different uh, feel and a different chemistry into your soul. And then finally, he, Bible teaches us, learn how to pray through your anxiety, right? Whenever you're anxious, just learn to cry out to God, all right? So that that little three handles was all the muscles that I hope we all develop as long as we continue in this series. Now today, I'm going to deal with stress and anger. And there'll be a practical part of it at the end. 
Uh, but I want to take the word rest and look at it biblically. And I am very careful as I develop this series. I do not want it just to be a mind over matter. I do not want us to walk away every weekend, you know, think right, think right, think positive, think positive. Because ultimately, the whole integration of who God is into your life, the whole integration of us leaning upon God and us choosing to think right, it's all connected. Uh, so today, I want to bring you a bit more really towards the God part surrender and learn how to lean upon God as we uh, navigate through this journey uh, of pandemic or mental stress that we all go through. And then next weekend, uh, we're going to deal with hopelessness, which is really the other end pole of stress where uh, people are suicidal, uh, people are thinking of giving up or quitting. Uh, we're going to deal with that, all right? So today, stress and anger. Uh, stress is a common uh, feeling uh, whenever we felt overwhelmed or whenever we couldn't cope with anything. Uh, stress can be very good because it's part of our development. Uh, so which is why when you were a child, uh, then you got exam. It's stressful, but you grow stronger with that. In fact, when my kids uh, chose to be homeschooled, uh, one of the first things they told me that uh, homeschool don't really have a lot of tests. I was shocked. Uh, but that's not true, okay? Actually, they have their own form of stress uh, and their test because every test reveals how much you know. Uh, sometimes, uh, stress helps us to develop muscle to grow. For example, when you are a child and then your parents say, finish that veggie. Oh, very stressful, mommy, very stressful. But those are good because once you finish the veggie, you overcome the fear of not having veggie. Now, I understand there is some simple, certain level of stress that every one of us go through. Depending on your stage and your age of life, every one of us have different stress, okay? Now, uh, however, we are dealing with a pandemic that we could not control the stress. Some stress are simply because we choose to disobey God. Uh, for example, if you violate certain principles, you and your girlfriend, she gotten pregnant, you violated a principle, it's an added stress. That's because you disobey God. Or you are a married man, you then have a third party. Again, you violated God's principle. Or you over-invest in too many houses, you do not have what is enough, and you put yourself in a stressful manner. Those are the things that potentially in the being unwise, we allow ourselves to be in that entire package of stress. But in this pandemic, there were a lot of things that we could not control. Uh, the rising cases, uh, the Delta variant that everybody is talking about, uh, the stress that is on the medical field. And I, you know, I'm, I'm connected with a few medical doctors and, you know, from our church. And I can understand what they are going to, uh, what they are facing. So stress is very real. It was the American Psychological Association in 2020 uh, says this. He says, we are facing a national mental health crisis that could use serious health and social consequences for years to come, which means uh, in, in forwarding to 10, 20, 30 years, when we look back this entire season of pandemic, what is the end result of the amount of stresses that it creates in our society? Nobody knows. When we look back, then only, for example, we are able to pinpoint clearer and clearer. But what we are facing is extremely, extremely real. And out of the survey that they've done for thousands of people, 50% uh, admitted to negative behaviour. They begin to scream, uh, mood swing, uh, tension in their bodies and being snappy. You know, when we started MCO, domestic violence has been highlighted in our nation. Uh, it talks about how there was such a, a jump of because husband and wife are, are kept at home, locked down, they couldn't go anywhere. And uh, that has not been a muscle that they practice often because husband used to work and then come back. Now, they are 24 hours with them and things get 
irritating to each other. And because of that, there were more domestic violence. All is because leading from a simple thing caused stress. You know, as a pastor, you witnessed all kinds of situations before. I think one of the things that I witnessed was when someone was under panic attack. Uh, it was a very simple scenario, potentially a very private person, and there was a huge crowd. And in that small little juncture, when they were transiting into the crowd, they started to have panic attack. And I couldn't understand uh, because the person started to pant, the person started to shake, the person started to sweat, started to breathe in and breathe out and struggle with that and almost feel like a choking kind of a scenario. So I want you to know, uh, stress can be very real. And I am in no capacity to just dismiss that. I just want to identify and feel and I know that it's very real. Uh, so today, as we talk about stress, I hope that I'm able to bring a word of encouragement. Uh, the impact of stress on your body uh, can be humongous. There's headache, there's stomach upset, fatigue, chest pain, on your mood, anxiety, restlessness, irritability or anger, sadness, depression, feeling overwhelmed. You cannot help it. Or your behaviour, overeating, outbursts of anger, tobacco use and uh, substance abuse and social with withdrawal, refuse to exercise. These are all the impact of stress. All right, now today, I'm going to give you two handles. First of all, I want to talk about rest from a biblical point of view and then I want to talk about rhythm. So if you are watching this together with me, could you say it together, say rest and rhythm. One more time. Rest and rhythm, R&R. &R. You know, whenever we are travelling from, we always look for R&R. &R. We are looking for a place where we can rest. Uh, obviously, I'm not sure about rhythm, but you know, but I want to use this R&R, &R, rest and rhythm, at least in this message, to bring about a certain kind of thinking. Rest is more posture of your heart. Rhythm are practical handles that I want you to have. Now, let me just kind of zoom into uh, rest. You know, everything in life needs to rest. Am I correct? Have you ever, you know, computer work on computer and they hang? Uh, then what do you do? And then you call. You say, my computer hang. The person say, have you switched on, switch off? Oh, control, alternate, delete, switch on, switch off. Oh, yeah, my, my computer is okay now. Why? Uh, machinery. Everything in life needs a space where you can rest. Uh, so when I look at rest from a biblical concept point of view, there are four components that I want to leave with you. Number one, when God created heaven and earth in the moment of creation, uh, He displayed and exemplified rest. He worked for six days, the Bible says, and on the seventh day, He rested. Now I want you to know that God, the Bible says that He is not weary or He needs to rest, right? Because God is just a different uh, total being. Uh, so he doesn't need to rest. But the Bible tells us that he rested not because he needed that 24 hours of sleep or he needs to do his breathing bit out. The Bible says he rested was because he wanted to enjoy his creation. You know, part of the element of rest, it wasn't just how many hours of sleep you clock in, your REM or whatever, deep sleep. But it really has to do with, are you enjoying what God has given unto you? Are you enjoying your family? Are you enjoying the things that you have uh, at, your, at your disposal? Are you, are you enjoying the fruits of your labour? So rest has this element where you learn how to enjoy and you take a different perspective over the things. So in this pandemic, there are many things that you still can enjoy. Uh, if you are healthy, you can enjoy your health. You can enjoy your children. You can enjoy watching movies together. You can watch uh, uh, playing games together. You can, you can enjoy a convert. There are so many things that you can enjoy. 
And then the Bible moved to the book of Exodus when God was telling the nation of Israel, this is the way I want you to live. And he kind of summarizes those critical, important components for you to live well. And besides honouring your father and mother, have only one God, do not lie, do not steal. He inserts one of the thinking. He says, you must keep the Sabbath and make it holy. Uh, he, he threw in the concept of Sabbath. And Deuteronomy and Exodus kind of tie in to how God exemplified rest. He says, therefore, every one of us needs to work in our weekly rhythm, a place and a time where we are able to rest and keep it holy, keep it sacred unto the Lord. Now, which is why we will have our weekend service, right? Uh, where we come before God and we set aside that day, where we, where we slow down our pace, where we lift up our hands, where we look to God and we say, God, we put our trust in you. And we do that week in, week out. Now, I know that in this pandemic, some of you really struggle to insert that discipline. But can I encourage you that you create a weekly rhythm according to the Bible and put your trust in God and wake up that particular morning and then brush your teeth, have your breakfast and then say, God, uh, the next an hour, I'm going to dedicate my life to you. I'm going to give myself. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to put you first. A simple act of that is incredibly powerful. Now, but when it comes to New Testament, uh, Jesus then gives us a totally another rest which is upgraded and deeper. Okay, we'll come to that shortly. And then we're going to look at uh, how in the book of Hebrews, uh, the author kind of deal with a certain category of believers. I call them the unbelieving believers. They were believers, but they were unbelieving because the Bible says they never entered into the rest that God has designed for every one of us. All right, now let's look at this rest that God has designed for us. Jesus, Matthew 11 verse 28. Uh, it was after a conversation where he was addressing the Pharisees of putting a yoke on the others about believing God where you have to strive, you have to prove yourself, you have to make yourself good enough. And Jesus said, all those things will never give you rest. So if you are striving, if you are trying to prove yourself, you're trying to make a point, then the Bible says, don't, don't do that. Then Jesus introduced them a different thinking. And he says, he says come to me, Jesus invite." All who labor and are heavy laden. He described the two different categories. Those who are labor, that means you have a long time uh, toiling and it has really uh, uh, kind of worked on you, your body, your soul, all has been just trodden down. He says, I will give you rest. Uh, so Jesus invite number two. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He then instructs. He says that, you know, I'm going to help you to rest. But it is not a philosophical thought. It is not a methodology. It is actually me. He says, I want you to learn how to rest in your relationship with me. And then he described, he says, this is how it should look like. He says, you take my yoke upon you. Well, that's an interesting word, yoke. We'll look at that. He says, and then you learn from me, which means that he wants us to have a lifelong learning journey relating with God, learning to rest in God as, he, as we take his yoke. All right, I'll come to that shortly. He says, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart. He says that when it comes to anything that you're trying to yoke yourself with, any taskmaster, I am the most gentle, I'm the most lowly, I'm here to serve you. And you will find rest for your soul. Jesus invite, Jesus instruct. And number three, he then instill. He says that you will find rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden it's light, okay? Now, so let me just kind of move through uh, to the concept of yoke. Uh, this is how yoke looks like. Some of you are thinking about egg yolk, right? No, no, this is a different yolk, okay? Uh, this is a yolk where there's a beam. Uh, it's a wooden bar that kind of 
harness two animals together. Uh, so typically in a practical uh, way for a farmer, uh, they will yoke a more senior ox to a junior ox. Why? So that the senior ox can guide the junior ox. If you put two oxen that are hard-headed, and then they are not yoked together, there is a consistent uh, pulling aggression towards each other, and it will never be fruitful. So the Bible says that uh, whenever you yoke with him, it is trying to tell us, let him take the lead. Let him take the biggest load and let him be the one that teach you. Learn from him. Now, you know, in reality, every one of us in our life, we are yoked to something. Uh, some of us, we are yoked to a dream. Nothing wrong, but everything wrong if that is the only thing you are yoked upon. So we wake up every morning, we want to know where are we in the dream. You will check, did I achieve my daily goal? I didn't. I should have done that better right? Nothing wrong, but it can be a driving taskmaster. Now, some of us are yoked with our children. Uh, that means our children is the one that leads us. We, we just follow them. So our children say, quiet, I want to sleep. Oh, quiet. Children will say, I don't want to go to church today. Oh, okay, okay, he doesn't want to go to church. No need to go to church, right? That means we are kind of yoked with that child. That child is the one that determines every step of our way. And we are led by that. Now, some of us are yoked with COVID this season. We wake up every morning, we want to know my sejatara, how many cases around us. Every three o'clock, we want to know how many cases are there. And we live our lives so yoked with that, that that has limited every of our movement and we want to make sure everything is super sanitized when it comes down. All those things can be right, but all those things can be wrong as well when you are so sold into that. Now, I know it's a tight balance. Now, I try to live my life yoked with God. Meaning that I want Jesus to take the lead. I want Jesus to take the biggest load in this pandemic of all that we are going through. You know, today, uh, past two to three days, I received uh, one, two, three, maybe four different texts from different people of our church that says that, uh, you know, Pastor, I've, I've been COVID positive. And especially there's one of our leaders yesterday that says, Pastor, I've been, I've been COVID positive. I just found that out. And my immediate response to that person is, hey, you know what? I'm going to preach about it. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to yoke with Jesus. Do not yoke with the sickness. Do not yoke with the pandemic, all right? Now, I know it's a little fine difference. So how do you do that practically? First Peter 5 verse 7, he says, you learn how to cast your care upon him for he cares for you. He talks about your daily, your practical cares. He says, what you do is you take all of them and you put it upon God, all right? Now, that takes a very conscious act. That takes a very conscious surrendering. All of us hold something, right? So if we carry a burden, and that burden could be, I don't know, pandemic, success, finance, whatever, it can really yoke us and bring us down. The Bible says you take that and you let Jesus take the biggest seat. And you say that, God, I'm going to make a daily decision to surrender to you and I let you maneuver my that particular day. You know, when I look through in my life, there were a fair bit of different stressful moments. Obviously, I'm standing in this place with this building, but the journey to this building was very stressful. So if you know the story, uh, we wanted to build a church in the land, found out that it cost double, which means we could not build. I led the church for four years or five years into that land that now we found out it could not be built. Uh, but today we own two buildings debt-free because by the grace of God, that land was sold and doubled the price. Uh, we earned a fair bit of money there. And with all of that, we are able to now exist in two buildings. Uh, and you know, and one of the reasons 
I learned to do that was the moment when I found out we could not build that, I learned to consciously cast that care upon God. I say, God, you take the lead. You, you be the bigger one. And then one thing fall after another and the supernatural approval of loan and the sales of the land and all that led us to be where we are today. People always ask me, Pastor, in this COVID season, how much is the church finance affected? You know, to be honest, because we are debt-free, uh, we have a lot of uh, bandwidth, uh, which is why we are able to do a food bank and had that initiative and each month it's going to cost us easily forty to 50000 uh, and just to be able to be a blessing to the community as as many people as we can. Now, we are able to do all that is because uh, there was one particular moment when we were stressful. We learned how to cast that care upon Jesus. Uh, you know, and, and all of you know, the other stressful moment I had was when I had my sleep this two years. I couldn't exercise and uh, there was one particular moment, two and a half weeks, I was literally bedridden. And I think my most stressful moment was when I I walked to the hospital, Sungai Bulo, and I still remember clearly where the doctor have seen me after for about six months and the doctor said this to me. He says, team, I've done all that I can. And I think the next possible thing for you is you should seriously consider a surgery. And I remember walking out from that room, sitting on a particular chair, waiting for my wife to pick me up in Sungai Bulo, when I opened up the Bible and I was reading 2 Timothy 3, where Paul told Timothy this. He says, I was in Lystra, I was in Derby, I had a lot of challenge, but did you know what? He says, the Bible says God delivered him from each and every one of them. I remember reading that verse and it just became so alive in my soul. I stood up, I said, God, I am going to cast this upon you. Uh, would you lead me? You know, the story continues that it was led me to my current uh, chiropractor, Joseph and Angie, and they, they are no longer just a chiropractor. They are a friend to us and our family. And I know that in that journey, we have been a blessing to them as well. Uh, and and just, just blessing to the people around every one of us. Somehow, when we learn how to cast our burden to God, we allow God to take a bigger lead. Uh, you know, I was looking for a particular story and uh, Sufi was mentioning to me, he says, Pastor, why don't you talk to Man Singh? Uh, so I connected to Man Singh. Uh, so Man Singh tells me about 12 uh, years ago, he saw a lot of flashes in his eye and uh, it was then known to be a potential rectina detachment that happens to his eyes. Uh, with some medication, it stabilized, it's no longer there. But during this pandemic season, there was one particular season where all of a sudden, he see that both in his eyes very often. And, uh, and, and what he did was, uh, he tried to rest, he tried to sleep more, close his eyes, but it couldn't go away. And then he says there's one particular day he went to his life group, went to his people and said, you know, this is what I'm going through. Could you just pray for me? And then he talked about a restedness in his heart. Uh, that comes to him for the next few days. And after two to three days, he says the flashes are no more. But, well... To be honest, maybe he needs a medical view to have a better perspective about all of that. But what I like about that is when he surrendered to God, there is a restedness that is in him, even though by then the flashes were still there and then eventually it went away. Remember Jesus, when he was in a raging storm with the disciples, everybody was panicked because potentially they yoked themselves with the weather, with the condition that's out there. But Jesus stood up in the midst of the storm and there's such a restedness in Jesus that out of his restedness, he spoke calmness to everybody and eventually the storm. I just want to say this, okay? The Bible talk about there are a category of rest which can only be found in God where your soul is rested, where somehow things external may not change, 
but there is a restedness, there's a restfulness, there is a, a rest within you that knowing well that God is the one that you can yoke with Him and let Him take the lead. So I want to encourage you, even as you're listening to this message, I don't know whatever your life has been yoked with. Uh, could be the way you define success, could be the way you define significance, uh, could be because of the pandemic. Could you just take that yoke out? Right? Would you just do that prophetically? Take that yoke out and you put up on Jesus. He says, God, I'm going to yoke with you. You are going to take the bigger load. You are going to take the lead and I will learn from you. So the rest that God talked about wasn't just a rest for eternity, but it's also a rest where you know that you are loved, you have been accepted by God and there's nothing more that you can do. There's nothing more you need to strive, but you learn to rest in Him. It is out of that restedness that the Bible teaches us to function. You know, you see that in Paul, you see that in Peter, uh, you see that in everyone. You know, when we talk about unstoppable, Peter, the night before he was delivered, was supposed to be sentenced to death. He was sleeping so sound that even an angel came, woke him up. He was struggling to wake up because there was such a restedness in every one of them. And that is the category that I'm trying to lead all of us. Now, I know that it doesn't come overnight. It comes from a consistent of just surrendering, even though it is very difficult. Okay, now, I then want to introduce a practical part to this message, which is a rhythm. Uh, because oftentimes, stress can be very much reduced. One, we have a strong rhythm. I believe rhythm is one of the best things to overcome stress. Now, uh, rhythm means a strong, regular, repeated pattern of movement or sound. If you are a runner, you will know that once you achieve a rhythm, you will run and you will not be tired. All jogger will tell you, when I hit my second wind or when there's a rhythm, the way I breathe and how fast, my pace, you know, uh, I never get tired. I can run for miles. You know why? Because you develop a rhythm. But rhythm is very real, which means that a non-pandemic season, you have a non-pandemic rhythm. A pandemic season will have a pandemic rhythm. Before I study Witten, I have a rhythm of life. Before I take on a global role or a regional role, I have a rhythm. Now that I take on Witten, now that I'm going to take on a regional role and a little bit of a global, and now that we're going to explore church planting, my rhythm change. It is very important for me to then work out a different rhythm. So when I was doing Witten, I even created a, with, uh, a rhythm where I wake up 5 a.m. in the morning, where I can clock in about an hour or an one and a half hours of good study, and then I do my exercise, and then I, I, I do my laundry or whatever it is, and then by the time my kids wake up at 8 plus, I still even have time to take them out for breakfast before I actually set up for work. Now, why is that rhythm important? Because in that rhythm, I'm trying to include all I needed to do and create a pace that is possible for me. So my sleep habit has to change. Uh, I have to change a view of a thing so that I'm able to cope with the rhythm that I have created. So in this season, uh, we try to create rhythm for our family because everybody can have their own stress because we are all in a lockdown situation. So we got rhythm for exercise when there's different people exercise and some Sometimes everybody needed to use that TV to exercise because they needed to follow a certain program, you know, they had to watch that and do that, you know. Uh, so we created that. Uh, Joanna is always about 6.30, mine is about anywhere, about 5 uh, p.m. Uh, Jaden is about 10, 11, and he likes to exercise late at night. Uh, my two sons, they exercise downstairs. My mom will wake up in the morning and walk the whole house. Uh, so every one of us create rhythm. My dog, he runs all the time, okay? He doesn't have rhythm. 
Okay, that's his problem. But anyway, uh, he needs to listen to this message, okay? But we created rhythm. We created rhythm where every day we gather for dinner and we will talk. And you know what? Every dinner, we will pray for everybody that we know of that's going through COVID. Uh, so for past few days, I received a couple of texts from different family. Uh, last night when we have dinner, we pray for them. We name them before God uh, so that we have a rhythm of prayer. That we have a rhythm to talk about life. Uh, we have a rhythm of our family devotion where we work through spiritually. We are working through a book together as a whole family right now. Uh, we have our rhythm to talk about housework and all that. Now, all these are important. You know why? Because it creates a rhythm of life that copes with the current pandemic. So I want you to maybe re-look at your life and practically create rhythm that is able to be in pace with what you are needed to do and what you and I are going through as we put our rest in God. All right, now I want to end with a whole bunch of scriptures about daily and to help you to think rhythm. Uh, because the Bible is very rhythmatic. If you study the book of Mark chapter 1, it talks about Jesus' rhythm. Early in the morning, he get alone with God. Early in the morning when everybody was asleep. And then he had moments where he get away. And of course, I've said it for past one or two weekends, that he has time where he get together. with He created a rhythm, not only a daily, but a weekly and also a monthly rhythm. But Psalm 61 verse 8 says this, I may daily perform my vows. Psalm 68 verse 90 says, Praise be to God, our Saviour who daily bears our burden. I love that. If you are wondering, God, uh, then you say, God, I'm going to cast my burden daily. Daily. So today is my COVID day one. God, I'm going to cast it. Tomorrow, day two, I'm going to cast it to you again. Just the daily, He holds your burden. Psalms 88 verse 9 says, I've called daily upon you. Uh, and Ezra 3, 4 says, I offer the daily burnt offerings. Matthew 6, 11, my favourite, says, Give us this day our daily bread. Uh, God does this, okay? The Bible says that His mercy are new every morning. God doesn't take what is left over last night. I say, you know what? I ran out of mercy, but last night I got a few, you know? Let me just give you what I have last night. No. He says, my mercy is new every morning. So, you wake up in the morning, instead of chasing your maizajatara, you look to God, say, God, your mercy is new every morning. Give me today my daily bread for me to go through all that I needed to go through. How many Zoom hours, what kind of meeting I need to go through. Uh, Luke 9.23, it says that you carry the cross daily. Acts 2.46, continuing daily with one accord in, in temple, breaking bread from house to house. Matthew 3.13, he says, exalt one another daily while it is called Today, he says, you know, you make a decision daily that you're going to be a blessing to someone. You exalt someone. You speak the Word of God. You speak strength. You speak grace. You speak mercy on a daily basis. You know, the Bible is full and filled with so many daily activities that we can do unto the Lord. Now, why is that important? Because when you have your daily routine, when you have your daily rhythm, with you being rested in who God is, ask Jesus to take that yoke, yoke with Him, let Him take the lead, right? And then out of that, you create a rhythm. You then created absolutely two different muscles uh, that will help you to navigate stronger and better uh, in your life. Now, I believe 
very much in that. That's what I do. That's what I try to practice where there's a restedness in me in the midst of all that we go through. And then uh, there's a daily routine that I try to create. Now, having said all that, I want to point to you to two things, okay? Because there is such a restedness as in God. Uh, so in this season, pandemic, I have kind of redo discovering God. I used to do discovering over six sessions, five sessions, uh, even four sessions. I have now decided to shrink discovering God to only three sessions. Now, why does that matter? Uh, because I find that in this pandemic, if there's one thing that I can do the greatest favour to everybody watching or to your friend, is to help people to connect the dot to who God is. To the God that I just described, Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, that tells everybody, come to me, those who are heavy laden, so that I can give you rest. I want to encourage you, if you're listening, you're watching this, and you know of someone that still do not know God and potentially they have questions about God, I want to encourage you, we have our August season, 12, 19, 26. We have our September season. We got our November, October. We got our November, December season. I mean, I'm trying to create as many Discovering God opportunity. Uh, the one in August is going to be a weeknight. Uh, why is that so? Because I believe that the more we help people to connect the dot to who God is, the more the kind of God rest that we talk about it uh, will come into people's life. The second thing, I want you to be able to know this is, okay? Now, I know that we have all the different mental talk that is happening. But I also want to say this, it is not just mind over matter. There are practices that you can learn how to reframe your thoughts so that you can cope with what is what is hate. But there is a huge chunk of in our soul that we needed prayer and learning how to lean upon God that changes everything. I'm trying to go both. I'm trying to say that there is something that only God can provide to you in the category of soul. There is also something that is of your mind that you can better wrap and grab around so that you can live a stronger and live a healthier thinking and thus your pathway are better. I'm saying that to every one of us that in this season, uh, why don't we just lean more upon God, take His yoke upon us, uh, reroute our thinking, uh, create a rhythm, and be a blessing to everybody around us. You know, somebody uh, was sharing with me, he says, you know, Pastor, what is the best way to live our life? I quoted John Wesley. You know, John Wesley said this about finance. He says, he wants you to, he says, uh, so John Wesley's philosophy of finance is that you give all you can, earn all you can, save all you can. Save all you can, earn all you can and give all you can. I want to say this in this season, my posture is this. We'll take every precaution that we can. We will faith and put our trust everything that we can. And we will equally wanting to be a blessing to as many as we can. I want to take that little posture because I think that in Christ, it is that posture uh, that helps us to live differently from everybody. Be rested in God and learn how to create new rhythm over our life. Let me just pray for you as we, as we close. God, I am so grateful to you that the Bible exalts us to lean upon you so that there's a restedness that's in you that can be imparted to us. We are wanting to yoke with you so that we learn from you and so that we do not grow weary in this pandemic pace that we are going through. At the same time, God, we want to learn the new muscle of creating rhythm. I just pray, O oh God, Lord, that we will receive this word and evaluate ourselves. Uh, what am I yoked with? And how do I create a stronger rhythm? I bless everybody, allowing the world of God to enter into our shattered world so that we realign our world with your world. 
we bless everybody in the mighty name of Jesus we ask and pray. Amen. Amen.